another Bridgeport Zone podcast. I am your host, Carlos Ortega. Let's make a deal. Let's get in trouble with the public facilities director. And let's talk all about Afghanistan. That's all I'm going to talk about in a few seconds, maybe even minutes. But first, as usual, let's get into Mr. Billy Dockett. says it, let's make a deal. Well, the city council approved the deal for the Bridgeport Islanders, formerly Sound Tigers, to stay in the city. And that's a good thing, right? You know, it all depends upon who you talk to. It all depends upon people who make these deals because, let's face it, not all deals are contingent upon one individual company or the city holding up their end of the bargain. Isn't that how it usually works? One people or entity have to hold up their end of the bargain. That's how it works. It's not that, hey, you made a deal, you signed a contract. Yeah, I know, there's four terms of the contract, that's what we signed upon. One of these people or entities, however you want to call it, has to hold up their end of the bargain. That is so true. After five years, over $615,000 in legal fees, the city council Wednesday made peace with the Bridgeport Islanders, approving a settlement that will keep the hockey team playing at the Webster Bank Arena. It's also a part of a city committed spending up to $28 million to return the arena to like brand new condition. Brand new, brand spanking new. Now, how will that hold up? Who knows? But city councilman George Garcia says, quote, I'm grateful for those members supporting this who represents the harbor front where the city-owned Islander Men's Sports and Entertainment Arena is located. I support this 100%. He 
He said this before a 13-4 vote held over a teleconference. So he was in favor of this, man. He has a little say in this. Who knows what's going to happen? This is business. And contracts are made to be broken. And the question is, who will break it? Who? You know, I first thought when the Islanders were seeking the city to fix all of the maintenance stuff, you know, bathrooms, all the other stuff that needs to be cleaned up, maintained the building and so forth, they would just get the hell out of here. They didn't. They stayed around. And they're here. They're committed to the city, which is good. So I hope that this works out for the best for both parties. I'll go see a hockey game. I have seen a hockey game. But the fact of the matter is, and I said in my last podcast, the city treated that arena like it's a housing project. Yeah, you live there, pay the rent. That's it. It was like they're new to having a sports team in attendance for the city, providing entertainment. And that's the issue. Will they do it again? I hope so. Live up to their part of the bargain. Because you don't want to lose another attendant. You actually threw out the Bridgeport Bluefish. You threw them out in favor of an amphitheater. Baseball, an arena, I don't know how, how to put it, but it blends well. I don't know how you figure, I'm not going to go through that again. I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not going to get a heart attack over that nonsense. Members of the legislative body from other neighborhoods made the case that the venue and the hockey team and other events held there have benefited the entire community for two decades will be joined by a just open warm weather concert amphitheater next door providing year-round destination and that might be true and i'm not going to say anything about the amphitheater it should be somewhere else you know how i feel about this it's going to be year-round but here's the thing can they sustain it Can the city of Bridgeport say, we can do this? Can they? Here's a quote from city councilman Matt McCarthy. Matt McCarthy, the great McCarthy. When this issue first arose, I was skeptical and kind of torn about putting a lot of money into this building. That being said, I knew the city would like to have entertainment centers with having a new amphitheater. We won't be able to be an entertainment center with just an amphitheater, we needed the arena. Duh. You could have had both. You could have had not only that, you could have had three. A baseball team, arena, and an amphitheater if you had the courage to put the amphitheater somewhere else. That's my say. You could have done it somewhere else. But no, you're so high up of getting downtown to be a destination. I'm sorry. Those days are over. You know how you can make downtown a destination? By getting people that actually want to open up things downtown. I mean, really, you've been trying to make things to be a year-round thing. I'm sorry, it can't be that. It's going to be great, but who are you going to put in? Who are you going to put in? You already got a hockey team. Fairfield U is going to play there for the next couple of years. Sacred Heart will still play their hockey games for the next couple of years. But who? Who else? Concerts? Kevin Hart might come down here? Who knows? There's a lot more to this. A lot more. The Islander organization countered that Bridgeport per their original contract to operate a 10,000-seat arena and owed the team 
$596 that they had to sink to in repairs and maintenance and took it to court. Took them. The dispute escalated further when the Tigers in 2017 claimed Ganem and Council partnership with developer Howard Sabin to transfer a shuttered minor league baseball stadium, the Bridgeport Bluefish, to build an amphitheater, which violated a non-competition clause in their contract. That's what it did. City hired a law firm to handle the dispute. According to the documents, the municipal legal department provided to council Wednesday spent close to $615,000 that Ganem originally sought in unpaid rent. Wednesday, the council voted to settle the following nearly two-year behind-the-closed-doors battle, huddled with representatives of Bertram Moses and Bridgeport Law and Economic Development Budget Departments and a third council meeting last week, during which privately discussed terms of the deal. As I said before, the council acknowledged that Bridgeport has not done enough to keep up the arena as far as maintenance is concerned. The rent will increase from $250,000 to $300,000 a year. Settlement also increases a $1.50 charge added to all ticket events and save the owners close to $2 in traditional money that has gone to arena maintenance accounts, revenues, from additional 50 cents will be paid directly to the city's coffers with an entire $2 per ticket going into the arena budget when the maintenance accounts reach $1 million. City Councilwoman Maria Pereira was a no vote on this. She represents the northern part of the town, Trumbull, near the Stratford borders, wanted to produce a cost-benefit analysis of the arena. She claimed Wednesday it had done Nothing to generate revenue and reducing tax burdens on residential homeowners and renters. Pereira argued that the islands only draw fans from the suburbs. That's fair. That is very fair. Very fair. You can't argue with that. They do draw people from the suburbs. Most of the Islander fans I know live in the suburbs. Council members Ernie the Hat Newton. MFF Bradley said the arena held concerts here that attract a variety of residents of all ages all across. That's fair, too. you got to attract parts of the city and the and, uh, surrounding areas. That's fair. And it's going to be something that we can, you know, think in past years, the New Haven Nighthawks or the Hartford Whalers attracted people from the suburbs to come down to New Haven and Hartford, respectively. To see their teams play? Yeah, absolutely. That's nothing new. That's pretty much what fans are from the suburbs. City Councilwoman Jeanette Heron also said that's the point. To bring other money into our cities to revitalize our city. We want tax dollars coming in. Revenue coming into our city. Whether it's insiders or outsiders, money is money. And it will help taxpayers lessen the burden. That's true. That's what I've been saying. Those people who are fans will come to see the team play. Whether they live in Fairfield, whether they live in Danbury, whether they live in Milford, they will come to see the team play. Anita Martinez also opposed the settlement, but for different reasons, arguing that the city has committed $28 million to the Islanders, gave Howard Sampin $12 million for the amphitheater, 
an unbeneficially privately owned run attraction, the wonderland of ice is languishing. And that is very fair. The wonderland of ice again. Another thing the city of Bridgeport has done very little on is getting be crapped on. And something has to be done about it. So while we're all focusing on the Islanders, staying here, having an arena where you can get people to be attracted, they need the Wonderland of Ice. Get to have the same things that the arena has. I'm not talking about big money, but the Wonderland of Ice provides a lot of things. It has high school hockey games. They have um, our own hockey team to play there on an exhibition game basis. It needs to be maintained and well kept. I've not been there in a while, but that's a point that's well taken. The Wonderland of Ice has been neglected by the city, and here we are on our third meeting negotiating deals for the arena when the Wonderland of Ice has lots of kids that attend a lot of different sporting activities, and I don't see the city going above and beyond. Very fair. City's got to step it up, but the bottom line is, the deal is done. Who will crack first? It's just my opinion. Who will crack first? Who cracks first will break the deal. City councilman is in hot water. I'll have that next. Shout out to Heather Goulet because sometimes she says this on her Facebook or Instagram postings and so forth about going ghetto. And I think it's appropriate that we talk about somebody who actually went ghetto. City Councilman Alberto Castillo decided to go get her on the public facilities director which landed him into a complaint with the Bridgeport Police Department. Now, what makes a city councilman come out go ghetto? Now, let's just be fair. This didn't go into violence, you know, fist the cuffs and so forth. And as far as Craig Nazrinsky, Nazrinsky, I do not know how to say your name, Craig. I'm sorry. It's spelled N-A-D-R-I-Z-N-Y. I do not know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. I will spell it for you. I'll refer you as Craig throughout this whole podcast because I don't want to say your last name. I don't want to get it wrong. But according to Craig, quote, City Councilman Alfredo, I said I called him Alberto Castillo. I'm sorry about that. Getting my names wrong, not a good thing. He said, Alfredo became, quote, increasingly enraged and started yelling at him, preventing Craig from entering his vehicle and threatened after the pair met the prior day at the Wonderland of Ice parking lot off of Glenwood Avenue. Now, why would you do that? According to Craig, in a statement that he sent to the police, Castillo phoned him at phoned him in the morning, I should say, 
of August the 3rd asked him to meet him at the rinks at 3 p.m. with no explanation. I'm like, really? What are you calling me for? I mean, Castillo was accompanied by the Wonderland of Ice manager John Ferguson. Craig said the councilman asked him, when is he going to repair the building's exterior doors? Craig responded, per its lease, the Wonderland of Ice is responsible for the maintenance. It infuriated Alfredo Castillo, who allegedly yelled, quote, and I could say this, it's in the Connecticut Post, by the way, but I'm reading this. You don't know shit. You do your job. You better do your job. <laughs> He's just going by what the lease says. He's going by what the lease says. Craig told Castillo subsequently stood in front of him as he tried to climb back into the vehicle to leave, pumping his chest, threatening, I'm going to kick your ass. Don't make me go street on you, a.k.a. ghetto. I mean, the hell is wrong with this guy? Craig is only going by what the lease agreement was. They are in charge of fixing their own stuff. By the way, he should have known that if he read the lease agreement. Did he? I don't think he did. Police report states that Ferguson witnessed the altercation in an interview August the 5th told the investigating reporter Castillo went nuts. But it was verbal, not physical. Ferguson advised Castillo that the situation was not worth arguing about. And he's right, that he would speak to Craig on another day concerning the repairs. Ferguson declined comment to the Connecticut Post. And that's all you got to do. You got to look at it from his point of view. He's working under the terms of the agreement that the Wonderland of Ice has with the city. That's all. Alfredo, come back to us, man. Don't go ghetto. You're a city councilman. You can't go ghetto on this. It's not even worth going ghetto about. City Council President Edie Nieves called the matter, quote unquote, disturbing. However, I defer to the Bridgeport Police Department to conduct a thorough investigation. All city officials and employees should be entitled to a safe, non-hostile work environment. What in the world was he thinking? He didn't think that he would report this to at least the police department, the mayor, the city council president. No, he went straight to the cops. And good for him. Good for you, Craig. You didn't. You don't have to take this bullshit from somebody. You don't. You don't need this shit. Nobody. Eating the evidence said the city law department is unaware of this and will be sending out a letter about council behavior. You think? We're not anybody's bosses. There have been complaints from city employees and people feeling like council are getting too aggressive. We are here for the betterment of the communities to represent our residents, not antagonize our staffers. I mean, come on. And of course, Mayor Joe Gannam, communications director, Rowena White says, quote, the city has no comment regarding personnel matters. Well, actually, this is a councilman matter. A council matter. <laughs> Come on. Alfredo, you're better than this. You don't need to go ghetto. You don't need to do that. 
Why? But this is not the first time that Mr. Castillo has done something like this. He has been accused of being overly aggressive. A few years ago, employees of the Bridgeport Housing Authority complained the council member, former employee there, was phoning and showing up in person, making inappropriate demands, such as trying to get low-income housing entities to invest in a new fuel cell energy program to hire specific contractors. Castillo at the time denied any appropriate behavior, arguing he was just doing his job and representing his constituents. Fine, but don't do it like this. Don't be an idiot, jerk, moron, prick. Come on, there's ways you can represent your constituents. Going ghetto is not one of them. You don't need to go ghetto. You are a politician. You are an elected official. Act like it. Now, he, along with Anita Martinez, as mentioned earlier, expressed frustration with the perceived negligence of the Wonderland of Ice as colleagues uh, are spending $30 million to upgrade the arena, keep the New York Islanders there, as I mentioned earlier. That's something that, as I said earlier, needs to be examined. It needs to be examined. This is nothing new. We need to focus and examine how we can make this better. But going ghetto, going ghetto on Craig, the man who actually fixed stuff around here, actually has to fix the Wonderland of Ice, who actually is going to have to fix the arena, who actually is going to have to fix the amphitheater, who actually has to fix a lot of things in the city, you decide to go ghetto on them? You're a city councilman, as I said. You're an elected official. Oh, and by the way, you're up for re-election. And this is not good upon you because you need to focus on getting re-elected and not going ghetto. Don't go ghetto. Vote no and move on. Talk to um the people who are running the Wonderland of Ice instead of running the facilities manager the man who fixes things here it's not gonna work no way you're not gonna get people on your side when you act like a punk and that's what you acted like you act like the total punk a dick an ass wipe because you weren't getting your way and i'm sorry it's not about getting your way it's about knowing what's in the contract and what's in the contract is that the Wonderland of Ice, unfortunately, has to maintain that building. And I do agree with you and Anita Martinez that something needs to be done, a little investment needs to be done to the Wonderland of Ice. But going ghetto, because you needed to go ghetto, is not the way to go about it. That was a bullshit thing you pulled. I don't know if they're going to file charges against you. I don't know if they're going to want you arrested. I don't know if they're going to censure you from the city council or what, whatever. But what you did was bullshit. And you get what you deserve, whatever it is, from the city. 
And I'm, I'm happy for Craig. He did the right thing. He went to the police. He filed a report. You're on notice, buddy. And the bullshit has to stop. And it has to stop now. Because there's too many things going on in this city. And the last thing that it needs is a city councilman acting like a dick. I'm going to have my thoughts on Afghanistan after this. There was a no-win situation when it came to Afghanistan. None. Zero. You have a plan. Somebody else has a better plan. Blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, the United States of America and its armed forces are getting out of Afghanistan. As soon as the Taliban heard that, they started bum-rushing the show. And they said, we're going to take over. We're going to add things the way we used to have it. And they now had that opportunity to because they already have Kabul, pretty much all of Afghanistan, to themselves. Now, people are going to say, Carlos, what does this have to do with uh, the whole thing going down, the whole region going down? Well, simply, the United States as a whole, as a nation, were never good at nation building. Hell, they're not good at rebuilding this nation. They're not. For them to go into Afghanistan for their lone mission to get Osama bin Laden, that was done. But here was the problem. They had to stay there long past their expiration date. Way long past their expiration date. And that's why people are pissed off about it. Why are they pissed off about it? Well, everybody could say, blame Biden. Everybody could say, blame Trump. Blame Obama. Blame W. Bush. Blame Clinton. Blame everybody. Hell, even blame Congressman Charlie Wilson. Remember? Remember that guy? He put into legislation to supply weapons to the Afghan rebels in the war against the Soviet Union. The then Soviet Union. Maybe they should have taken some advice from the Soviet Union that that place is not winnable. That place is not worth nation building. Because it isn't. It isn't worth nation building. And the United States are not good at it. They're not. That's why they were there. They were there to build a nation, build it around their principles, their morals, and it didn't work out. And again... You might say to yourself, Carlos, what does this have to do with the pullout? It has everything to do with the pullout. Everything. The president took a hike of Afghanistan. The people want to get out of there soon. The Taliban, they're horrible at human rights issues. So now you're going to say to me, was being in Afghanistan worth it? I'll let other people to assess that. But as far as I see... There are two strikes against the United States as far as nation building is concerned. Iraq and now Afghanistan. They are not good at it. They never were. Anytime they get into a conflict, not of their doing it, 
at times they don't know how to build a nation. For a prime example, their military. Where were they when the Taliban came? It took them 20 years to train a military to at least hold a gun and fire? Tanks to bloom the smithereens? You're telling me they did all that? All that training and 20 years later when they said we're getting out of here, they just up, dropped their guns and took a hike? I'm sorry. That's a, an embarrassment. And it's not any president's fault. It's not. If a nation doesn't want to be rebuilt, redefined, or in this case, reconfigured, it ain't happening. You tried it in Iraq. Guess what? Same thing. You get out, military drops the guns and say, hey, ISIS, come on in. Come on in. So now what happens? They said they're going out, relieving, bye-bye, good luck. Taliban comes in, military says, hey, drop your guns. We're gone. Bye-bye. Go on in. Even the president took a hike. I'm sorry. You went in there to get bin Laden. You got him. Took you 10 years, but you got him. When you got him, you should have said, this is it. We are leaving. We are not nation builders. We don't want to build a nation around our image. Two strikes on you. When are you going to get it? And another thing, people in the Middle East don't want the United States there. They don't. They don't want us there. Why do you always seem to put your stamp of approval of anything, I mean anything that has to do with rebuilding a nation or something to that effect, to build around you, the United States. Shouldn't happen that way. Other nations should determine their own fate. Afghanistan did, but guess what? When it came down, the putting up the dukes and getting into a fight, they punked out. They just literally punked out. Now, is that the United States' fault? No, it isn't. A nation has to defend themselves. They did not want to or cannot defend themselves. That is not the United States' fault. They did all they could. And Biden is right. Doesn't want to leave this to another president. Listen, take some advice from anybody. People in the Middle East don't want you there. They don't. They don't. They don't want to hear about nation building. They don't want to hear about the United States and the American way. That's why people come to the United States. They don't come to the United States because of getting away. They come to the United States they have an opportunity to build a better life. That's why they come to the United States. Nobody gets that. Nobody gets that. But they want to be liberators. They want to be anything that you want them to be. But the one thing that they are not, the United States of America, they're not nation builders. You know who are nation builders? China. They literally brought Africa. And look at Africa now. China gets things done. The United States have a great military might, but you ask them to build, rebuild a nation? I'm sorry. They are not good at it. And I don't want to hear all oh, this is not about nation building. It's always about nation building. They want to build a nation around the image of the great old USA, democracy, all that stuff. And it doesn't work out. We have to stop that. We have to stop being liberators, nation builders. How about listening to people? Listen to what they have to say. Please, for the life of me, if you listen to this, why do they keep doing it? I have no idea. But the one thing I do know is this. 
they were a big failure in Vietnam. Big. Until Vietnam found its own way. That's how it happened. They found their own way. And I think that's the way it should go. They should find a way to be nation builders. And they're not that. They haven't found their way. I don't think they ever will find a way. But there's one thing I do know is this. The next time the United States gets into a conflict, whatever it is, they should do what George H.W. Bush did. Hey, we got into Kuwait, the Iraq invasion of Kuwait. We got in, got out, end of story. That's how it should be. Get in, get out, no harm done. Nobody would notice. And now, what do we have? We have a nation in turmoil, and we have people pointing fingers. And the thing is, there shouldn't be any fingers being pointed. Just pointed at one thing. The United States of America are not good at building nations. Not at all. An update on Alberto Castillo, almost said Alberto. Another complaint was filed against him, against Alfredo Castillo. Carmen Nieves filed a complaint with the police department and said he said some inappropriate things. She did not like it at all. Alfredo, good luck getting reelected. Hey, that's going to do it for this Bridgeport Own Podcast, episode 22. Two more to go until I take a rest from this. I'm Carlos Ortega. This has been the Bridgeport Own Podcast. See you later. Oh, 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 oh,